Hey everybody, welcome back to Fresh Manna with Tiffany. I'm your host, Tiffany Parr, and I have a special word for you today. Um, the Lord has been dropping in my spirit this word called cross-pollination. And so I received this word August 7th, 2022, and I woke up on a Sunday morning and I kept hearing in my spirit over and over again, cross-pollination, cross-pollination, cross-pollination. So I was asking the Lord, well, what is this about? What does this, you know, what does this mean, you know, for this end times, you know? And he's been speaking me to me a lot about the leaders, you know, the fivefold, um, people who are going to be coming together, you know, the la- this end time army, you know, everything in regards to this last dispensation before the return of Christ. This word has been um, in uh, circulation years and years ago, too, when there was a lot of revivals going on, more revivals like way back. And so for it to come back now, it's like, wow, um, Lord, you're doing something really special. So he was showing to me, he was showing me that he was going to be sending people to different countries, different churches, um, and also people were going to be assigned to people. And a lot of this is, you know, he's going to be putting together unlikely pairings. And that's what's so distinctive about this, because yes, he's been sending missionaries, you know, he's been sending people to different churches to preach. Um, he's been doing all of this, you know, in general, all already. But what is so distinctive about this particular word? And this particular word is um, because it's going to be different. It's going to be so different. The people that he's going to be bringing together that it's going to be causing people to question, is this really the Lord? And that's why he's sending me today to share this. That's exactly why. He pressed this on my heart and he wants me to share this because he wants you to know that even if it looks strange, even if it looks odd, even if it's like, why are these people partnering up, you know, that God just may be in it. And we need to really be careful before we pass judgment because we really don't know always what God is up to. And so the the word that God had given me in regards to this was motley. And it's, um, if you remove the negative connotation to it, um, he, he, he kept saying like, it's going to be a motley mix, a motley mix. So the definition of motley is consisting of many different types of people, different types that do not appear to go together, uh, exhibiting great diversity of elements being of different colors combined. Um, so he's going to be raising up people that is going to be kind of like a motley mix. You know, there's going to be the young and the old, different races, different countries, um, different types of people aligned together that wouldn't all, you know, seem to be together. Um, and why would he be doing this? You know, he's going to do this because he's testing our hearts. He wants to see, are we really going to walk this for him? Or is it going to be, be about our own clique? Um, and it's also about bringing together gifts and talents that the other may have that the other lacked, you know, being in different, um, different years, like, you know, different types of, um, generations, that's the word. Um, there's going to be things that the older generation can bring to the younger and things that the younger can be brought to the older. And I'll give you an example. For instance, let's say that, um, 
God puts together somebody who's very young, a teen, you know, very like a teenager or like maybe in their early 20s with somebody who's, you know, way up in their 60s, 70s, whatever. And they have no idea about social media. They don't know anything about it or they know about it, but they don't know how to operate it. So then there may be something that they're able to do for them. And then the younger generation will be able to say, oh, I know how to do that. Let me, let me, let me expedite this for you. Let me show you how I can do this easier, how we can get this done faster. And so that's really the main crux of it is there's going to be gifts and talents, but there's also going to be impartations. There's going to be more that God's going to be doing with these pairs. That's just going to be very, it's going to be like, wow, you know, and it's not all, it's not going to, it's not going to be until after that you really see what it is God was doing. So there's going to be alignment of callings. Um, He's building up his end time army and it's all, it's all for the great commission. It's all for, to prepare for, you know, the end time harvest. And so um, the first example I wanted to go over today was Elisha, no, Elijah sent to the widow of Zarephath. And so in first Kings 17, you know, we see that he was sent to the widow of Zarephath. And when he was sent there, he, see, when he was sent there, he had, he had just come off of just being at the brook, you know, and the brook had dried up. And so I'm going to go to it. First Kings 17 and yeah, let's see. So the brook had just dried up. So that was already kind of odd, you know, that he had already been there. The ravens were feeding him. And now he gets up from that. God just for God to send them to a widow. I mean, not a rich man, not a rich woman or established woman, but a widow. And he said, I, I've commanded a widow's woman to sustain you. And so, um, and then, and then just even to go even further, it says in verse nine, um, arise, get thee to Zarephath, which, which is at Zidon and dwell there. Behold, I've commanded a widow woman to sustain you. So Zidon is, um, right in the heart of the Baal worship, you know, right where uh, Jezebel was. And so God was also sending him, you know, right in an odd place. You know, it's not like he was sending him to the temple. It wasn't like he was sending him somewhere where there's going to be like lots of Christians or lo- lots of Christians in regards to that in their aid, their time, but, you know, not in a comfortable place, not in a place where he would be received. That's the word. Okay. He wouldn't be received, you know? And so this was the heart of Baal worship, you know? So, so he's going to be sent there and then he sees the woman he, you know, he has to help. He helps her, you know, gets her, um, brings her sustenance, you know, as far as, you know, he, she has to bake him a cake first and all of that. And then, um, then she says, what have you, and see, even for her, she even is kind of confused with this whole thing too. She said in verse 18, um, and she said to Elijah, what have I to do with thee? O thou man of God, art thou come to call my sin to remembrance and to slay my son? 
And he said, give me thy son. And he took him out of her bosom and carried him to the loft where he bowed and laid on on his bed. So even her, her view of Elijah was negative, very, very negative. You know, she just thought that he was bringing, coming to bring condemnation on her home. Like, you know, here she opened her home, you know, but she, you know, she didn't know until later until he, he, you know, he's able to revive the child. And then it's not until verse 24 that we see that she, that she says, now by this, I know that thou art a man of God and that the word of the Lord in thy mouth is truth. This is when she finally found out that this was a man of God, not all before, not even the miracle of um, the food, you know? Um, yeah. So, you know, she had the cruise of oil and everything. And she said, you know, I've got two, I'm gathering two sticks so we may go and dress it for me and that we might eat it and die. She didn't even believe from just that miracle that he was a man of God. It wasn't, it wasn't until this. Okay. So now we'll just, we're going to move on to another person. So, so yeah. So the next example I wanted to look at was Naaman the leper. And this one is pretty, um, this one has a lot like this is really elaborate. Um, I mean, Naaman, you know, he was a leper, but he was also this great man of valor. He was a he was a he was a captain, you know, he you know, he was. Um, but he had to s- seek out Elisha. So this was Elijah's protege in <clears throat> Second Kings, chapter five. And so for this, we see that trying to go back in between these two versions, the King James and the new American standard. So verse one, um, Naaman, the captain of the host of the King of Syria was a great man with his, with his master and honorable because by him, the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. And he was also a mighty man of valor, but he was a leper and the Syrians had gone out by companies and had brought away a captive out of the land of Israel, a little maid, and she waited on Naaman's wife. And so she says, she says, um, would God, my Lord, were with the prophet that's in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. And one went in and told, he told him and everything. And so basically he gets this letter and he has it sent and he's, you know, to try to get an invitation with you know, Elisha, and he's going through all of this trouble, 10 changes of clothes, um, 6,000 pieces of gold, 10 talents of silver. You know, he does all of the, he brings, he goes through all of this trouble. And then the two Kings think that there's something up with each other. They don't trust each other. And Elisha says, wait a minute, tell him to come here. Let him know that there, there is a prophet in Israel. There is a prophet in Israel. So he says that, right? And then Elisha, um, he's waiting for him. And so when Naaman comes, it says in verse nine, so Naaman came with his horses and with his chariot and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. And Elisha sent a messenger unto him saying, go and wash in the Jordan seven times and your flesh will become, will come again to thee and thou shalt be clean. 
But Naaman was very wroth and went away and be, and behold, and, and, and said, and behold, I thought that thou would surely come out to me, stand and call on the name of your Lord and strike his hand over the place and recover a, the leper. So, so think about, let's just think about this for a minute. First of all, this is cross pollination because he, he has to go to Elisha's, you know, Elisha's place. You know, he has to go there. He's gone through all this trouble. He's, he's listening to this little maid who he probably wouldn't have listened to. He's just got deliverance, you know, from Syria. He's this mighty man of valor. Like he's, he's all of these things, but he has this one thing, one thing against him, one thing. And it's that he's a leper. And if he could just get this one thing fixed, this would be great for him. Right? So anyways, if you think about the lead up to when he finally gets to Elisha, then, you know, he does the change of the clothes, the money, he has the, um, he comes with horses and chariots. He stands at the door. He's got all of this just to get to Elisha. And Elisha does not even come out to greet him, does not even come out to greet him. He sends him a messenger and says by messenger, it's like saying to your child, um, go to the door and tell them, oh, it's okay. Just, just go dip in seven times. And you don't even get up. You don't even get up off your sofa to even say hi to this person. And you know who this person is, you know, they're out there with, you know, maybe they got a sh these, you know, these cars and they've come with, you know, they've come with their crew and everything. And you don't even bother to even get up off your sofa. I mean, this is what's happening. So, you know, just the whole thing is just is odd, you know, but is it God? Yes. Right. Watch because of the fruit that is born from this. Right watch. So he goes, first he complains, he gets angry. He says like, what about the other rivers? There's three other rivers that are cleaner than Jordan. Why do I have to dip in Jordan? You know? And then thank God for his friends, for his officers that are with him that say, Hey, if he had asked you to do something difficult, would you have done it? Just do this. Just try this. And that's another thing, like who you have around you is so important to encourage you, you know, to do the right thing and to see, you know, this may work. This may be God, you know? So he goes and does it. And then when he comes back, he's so grateful to the point where he's like, there is no other God, but the God in Israel, no other God. And he said, I will never, he, he's never going to go back to his old God. And he's going to only worship the God of Israel. So that's the fruit. That's the fruit that was born from Elisha's ministry, not just the healing, not just the healing, but the heart change and the heart change from Naaman was so was even greater because he says to him, um, he says, he says, Hey, you know, um, just forgive me this one thing that, you know, this, I think it's the king that I have, um, that I'm with when he goes and worships the God of uh, Rimon, Rimon, that, let me see. He says, um, yeah, this is verse 18. He said, um, pardon me this one thing. When my master goes into his house of the Rimnon to worship there and leans on my hand and I bow myself in the house of Rimnon, when I bow 
bow down myself in the house, but the Lord pardoned me this thing. And he said, go in peace, you know, and then he, he also says about the burnt offerings and everything that he's, you know, going to burn offerings to the Lord. And then, oh, he wants a piece of this earth, the earth to take back to his place. So look at these changes, you know, he offers him gifts, you know, he, and that's a whole nother thing with, you know, um, Gehazi, you know, and all of that, but you know, he's so grateful. So all of these changes come about because, because he got healed, he sees the miracle. And then at, at, of course, at this point, Elisha does talk to him. You know, he says, no, you know, I, I don't want any gifts, no gifts, nothing. This is just, you know, I'm doing this as unto the Lord. So, so anyway, so that's the one thing I look at is the fruit that's born. So it might not look like God at first, but then it is God in the end. And you will find out by the fruit that is born. So the thing about this is so interesting is that not only does, and this is kind of the point of this whole, this whole thing, even though Naaman gets healed, it doesn't stop there. Naaman also, he also His, he also has a heart change. His heart is changed. He literally changes his, his heart as he does not, he doesn't want to go back to his gods anymore. He's done with his gods. And it's to the point where he's even saying to um, Elisha, Hey, you know, even when my, when um, my king, I think it is, he says, when he goes and he, you know, he's, he's relying on me, you know, I'll have to kneel down with him. I just need this one pardon, pardon me this one thing. I'll have to kneel down with him when he goes to the house of Remnon, Remnon so that, you know, I can help him. But I, in other words, I don't really mean to, to kneel down. I don't even mean to kneel, kneel down when I'm doing that. Like he, he's going even that far. That's how much this fruit was born. Like we don't really know when God is doing something, we don't even know the depths of the fruit that will be born from it. We just have to go just like Naaman went. He just went, even though he was going with just the voice of this maid just told him. Sometimes it's that small voice that says, this is right. Just go for it, you know, and thank God that, um, he had Naaman had his friends around him and his servants that said, Hey, look, if he had asked you to do something difficult, you would have done it, right? How much more just to dip, dip in Jordan, you know, just do it. You know, what's the big deal, you know? And so, so anyway, so even more so what happened was he even said, I want to take some of this earth back with me. People always look at the sin of Gehazi. They always look at that. They look at, you know, what Elisha did and this and that. And, you know, and then um, he offers him gifts and everything is always from 
Gehazi standpoint of the greed that he has, you know, he's listening for the gifts. Oh, look at this prominent man. He's like, oh, la, la, la. and then, you know, he leaves and Elisha's like, I will not take any gift. I don't need any gift. He said, he said, as the Lord lives, I swear, I will not take any gift from you. This is, this is just the blessing of God. Like I'm just a, the healing from the Lord. Like I'm not looking for anything from you. And he has that much conviction. And then he goes off and then Gehazi comes up with this lie about two prophets coming and needing a change of clothes and all of this kind of stuff. Right. And um, now, you know, the result of that, we don't have to get into that, but people take, take it from that point of view and miss the heart change, the miracle that happened, not only with the leprosy, but with Naaman's heart change. It was changed from the, he, he didn't even want to serve his God anymore. You know, he said in verse, in verse um, 15, and when he returned to the man of God with all the company and came and stood before him, he said, behold, now I know that there is no God in the earth in, there is no God in all the earth, but in Israel. So please take a present from your servant. And Je and he said, as the Lord lives before whom I stand, I will take nothing. And he urged him to take it, but he refused. And he said, Naaman, Naaman said, if not, please let your servant at least be given two mules, um, um, burnt offerings. And he said, in this matter, may the Lord pardon your servant. Da, da, da. When he goes into the house of Remnon, he worships there. He leans my hand. I bow down. He said, uh, pardon your servant in this matter. And then he said, go in peace. You're fine. Go in peace. You know? And so look at the change that occurred, even from that, like the, the heart change. And then he said that he wanted um, a piece of the earth to take back with him. And so, um, yeah, so he wanted to even do that, you know, and it's, and it's just amazing. So, um, so, you know, we don't always know the full results of the fruit that will be born from our obedience. You know, we don't know always, but we just have to trust God and let him work on that heart, change the heart and realize that whatever simple thing that we or the most obvious thing that we're there for happens, it, it might be, it's going to be more than that. You know, I mean, even for Elijah, look at how first was the miracle of the food with the cruise of oil and the, and the little cake. That was one miracle. Then the second one was the child being raised. So, I mean, he's thinking he's there for one thing. He's, he probably thinking he's there just be, I mean, he doesn't really know always at first, but he's there for lodging, <laughs> you know, and then God does all this, you know? So, um, so anyways, I want to wrap up with that for this segment, but I will be back and we will continue on with cross pollination because there's so much more to this than just, um, just these, a couple of examples. So, I want to uh, bless you guys just to have a great rest of your day and I will be back. Come back for part two to learn about the other people who are cross pollinating. All right. Have a great one. Bye.